The book's amazing. I love what she says. Um, I love the messages that she sends. I love what she sings. It's so iconic. The score is unreal. It challenges me so much. And I just, yeah, I just love her, basically. Hello and welcome back to In The Frame. I am so excited to be back. We are diving in to season six and have so many incredible guests coming your way. Today's guest is the incredible Elsa Davidson, who is currently starring as Veronica in the London production of Heathers at the recently reopened Other Palace in Victoria. Elsa trained at Guildford School of Acting and she's done some fantastic jobs. She was Sarah in Our House at the Union. She went off on tour as Miss Lynch whilst covering Rizzo and Jan in Greece in the UK and internationally. And she won huge appraise for her performance in Lip Sync at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We had such a lovely conversation. Elsa is basically living her best life in Heathers and I wanted to know all about it. Here's the interview. Elsa Davidson, Hello. you are in the frame. Hey, sorry, I was too excited. I said it early. <laughs> Don't worry, there is nothing wrong. You are happy to be here. I'm happy to be talking to you. Paint the picture. Where are you right now recording this? Right now, I am in the adult equivalent of Harry Potter's tiny room under the stairs. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, I'm in, um, I'm sharing a house with four other actors at the moment and I'm in their spare room. Um, I am very, very lucky. I'm living in Gypsy Hill. It is ace location to get to work it's very hipster vibes it's lovely yes yeah that sounds that sounds perfect what more could you want and i want to know what gear is your brain in where are you at there's so much going on there's a lot going on there's a lot going on uh won't lie uh sometimes i'm like okay if we're talking about gears and driving sometimes i'm in first and then i'll just accidentally go into fourth that's the kind of that's the kind of vibe that the brain's in at the minute. I mean, I can't imagine the number of different gear changes your brain yeah. has been going in these past few months. Like, has the whole I mean, we're going to talk about it all and dissect everything and get deep and everything. But has it been a lot? Like, how are you feeling? Yeah, it's been like a whirlwind. I think it's only now my feet are like kind of touching the ground, uh, which is mad because I've been in the job for like two months now. Um, but like, honestly, the way that it happened was so fast, um, especially like it being like in a pandemic too. Like I'd moved back home to Scotland and I'd been up there since like March, 2020. So I, I'd kind of convinced myself that it was, everything was going to take a bit longer than I thought it would. And, um, yeah, everything just happened so quickly. And obviously with this kind of show, it's, it's not just, a job like there's a huge following comes with it there's Mm. so much hype around the show um so kind of yeah I'm just a bit like what's going on and then obviously the part is um unreal and uh, very exhausting and amazing uh so there's that as well (laughs) tell me um what before you got cast before this happened what was your original relationship like with Heathers when did the show first enter 
your knowledge. Okay, so basically, backstory. The film, so this era of film is like my ideal. I am a, okay. I am a like Back to the Future like fan. I watch the trilogy every year. I love The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Heather's. Very much on that that kind of vibe. So I'd, I think the first time I watched the film was maybe about fifteen years ago or so. Um, but the first time I heard about the musical was basically. Paul Taylor Mills directed my showcase at GSA and so when he came in he was telling us about Heather's and like how much he loved it he turned it from America and um and so obviously all of us went home immediately and listened to it and we were like oh my god (laughs) um unreal so that was like the first time I heard of the musical so that would have been 2015 I think but yeah I mean it unreal unreal and never in my wildest dreams did I think I actually was be in it so but were you like had you kind of sung some of the material had you kind of realized that maybe Veronica was a role that might work for you or you would love to do yeah for sure like I I, I definitely had the bathroom jams you know I was singing um dead girl walking till I was blue in the face in 2015 um <laughs> but I think like something I, Something that I had kind of learned to do over the past sort of five years since graduating was stop setting myself like um, role goals because um, I found it really, really difficult to celebrate success when it wasn't like specific to what I'd set. Um, And so I kind of like abandoned ship on the like, oh, I hope I'm going to play that part kind of thing. And... I definitely was like, I know I could, I know that's something I could do. And I I think it's in my casting and great, but like, I didn't want to go like, if I don't play that part, I won't have made it type thing. So I think that's why actually having this happen has made it all the more better because it, it obviously was like in the back of my head, like I would love to do that, but I never set myself up to, to fail from it as well. If you know what I mean? That's so interesting. I feel like there's so much, pressure around what is success and what does success mean to you and it's going on a tour doing this is that successful is this what I should be doing and you somehow have to find a way of dealing with that right and being proud of your achievements and where you're at totally that and I think like I was so so lucky when I was at drama school like honestly I I what I had the best time I was given so many opportunities but I think as a result of that I really was set up so high in graduating and I didn't follow the path that like my tutors really thought that I was like they thought I would just go straight into work and just continue to work and I I didn't and um so it's been a very like long hard road and I have worked but I would say like I've worked probably 30% of my like grad like professional career since graduating has been acting work and the rest of it hasn't and Mm. I think that's taken a lot to to kind of unpack and unlearn and and be able to celebrate like work whatever it is you know in any form um so yeah I know I always say like say people are oh I'm just I'm just doing a teaching job I'm like no you're that's still you're earning money from performing arts the training you're doing this there's so many different avenues which is still I think is 
success. And... Totally, totally. And I mean, even in the pandemic, like I was working in a hospital in, in Aberdeen. And wow. like, for me, I was like, this is, I, I, I got so much job satisfaction because of the people I was working with. Because I was like, just in awe of what they were doing. And I was so happy to be able to be like assisting them in any way possible. But like, even that isn't far removed from what we do. Because the reason why I was doing that was so that I could have money behind me so I could be an artist. You know, it, it's not like, it's not, I've just gone on tangent and, and down a different career path like any job you do if you're an artist or an actor or whatever like directly relates to you supporting yourself as an artist so that you can create art so yeah and I hope you that hospital was filled with a couple of riffs underneath (laughs) that mask (laughs) underneath the mask yeah honestly when I went for my interview I did a vocal warm-up because I didn't know how to prepare I literally (laughs) I literally did a vocal warm-up I was like I don't know what else to do so I'm gonna do vocal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, I am obsessed with that. <laughs> um, uh, so, we've had so many productions, we've been blessed with so many productions of Heathers and different casts, and, and people have been in and out and been seen for different things, and then this one happened very quickly. So explain, how did it happen, where were you, how did your life change in five minutes? Okay, so babe. Hi, I'm Marcus Mazel, host of Past Present Feature, a filmmaker appreciation podcast showcasing new festival releases and the past films that inspired them. As a filmmaker myself, I started this podcast with the intention of building community while talking shop and to show love to past cinema that sparked a new wave of filmmakers to create the films of the future. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media at Past Present Feature. Thank you for listening. Let's roll it. So, so I'm just going to get the date up. So it was, it was November the, November, no, I'm lying to you. It was October the 26th. Okay. So this is a Tuesday, the final week in October. And uh, I got a self tape through uh, from my agent. And um, basically it just said, um, Heather's from Sawyer, turn around ASAP. And I was like, oh my God. And everyone I was working with at the hospital was super decent. Like they were amazing. And anytime I got like a self-tape through or an audition through, they were just like, just go home, just do it. Just go home. Like, go. So I basically worked up until lunch and then I went home and just got the tape done. Um, And I had to do um, Dead Girl Walking in like four scenes. Had my gorgeous mum reading JD, which was hysterical. Um... <laughs> And subbed the tape. And then I didn't hear anything for two days. And I kind of thought, oh, well, that's it. Because rehearsals were to start on the the Monday, which was the second. I just want to get these dates right. Yeah. No, the first, I think. I think these dates are right. (laughs) This is going down in history. But do you know what? Right. If it wasn't these dates, it was a week after. But it's exactly (laughs) the same kind of timeline, okay? So basically, whatever. Like, I got the tape in the... Self-tape requested on a Tuesday, subbed it, didn't hear anything Wednesday, Thursday, and I was like, right, well, I've not got it because rehearsals start on, on Monday, so I've not got it. Friday, Friday, um, I was obviously at work, and I'd given my agent my work number a while ago because I don't get reception in there, so on my mobile, and so my work phone rang, and I just answered, and I was like, 
hi, Elsa Davidson Health Sciences Building, and it's my agent, and he's like, hi, Elsa, um, I got some news, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so I was like, I need to hang up, I'm going outside, so hung up, went outside, called him back on my mobile, and yeah, he was like, so, I got some news, <laughs> and yeah, he said they want they want you to play Veronica Sawyer and I fell to the floor um outside the hospital on my knees um and all the nurses that I was working with could see from inside and they were like yes so <laughs> they could see um and it was amazing but then obviously I had the stress of like I was living in Aberdeen and I needed to move down and be ready to start rehearsals on Monday so uh yeah that basically was like go 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 I think I slept for about 10 hours over three days because I was wow. just I like I couldn't ingest the fact that I was about to play the the role like I couldn't believe that people wanted me to do this first of mm. all and then also just the stress of like trying to organize everything pack my life up like um luckily I was obviously living with my mom so I didn't need to move everything out but you know just getting down here and stuff thankfully um where I am right now there was a room available immediately so I was able to just move in and uh yeah started rehearsals on the Monday insane insane if people don't know it was so fast because the other palace was was kind of yeah. bought by Bill Camright and Paul Taylor Mills went back in and they wanted something that was ready to go That's it. but I mean to not be in the room is crazy yeah. not not to go and, and also not to go through you know 25 rounds or whatever you exactly. do for lots of shows I, that's the thing that I couldn't believe like I was like wait so for the past five years I have been doing like five rounds for shows like hitting my head off the wall close but no cigar this I just need to sub a self-tape and they've given me the main role what <laughs> could not believe it could not believe it but like genuinely I I, I can't believe the difference in like, so over the pandemic, I, I'd been doing a lot of like self-tape practice and just kind of like getting that honed in um, and really was trying to hone that in for screen stuff because empty, although like we're having to adapt to doing self-tapes, I know that's not ideally what they want to do long-term. They do want you to be in the room. So um, this was my first musical theatre self-tape request as well um and so I just kind of went balls to the wall with it because you know that instrumental bit in dead girl walking where they're obviously like dry humping each other and stuff um that's obviously in in the musical section I was like what the hell am I gonna do so I <laughs> I wrote do not disturb on a piece of paper <laughs> I just held it in front of my face until the instrumental was over. And Andy, the director, was like, that was the moment I knew. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what else to do. I can't just stand there. And I don't want to, like, fade it to black. Do you know what I mean? Or, like, so I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> and then I did one of these with Christina Bennington when and she was doing Veronica and you know they had a super quick rehearsal period but I guess they had more time to prepare yeah you know to go over the material and stuff so you were literally kind of thrown into rehearsals and then had a super quick yeah. process so like, yeah. talk me through that like how 
because you you have you want to find your character and do your own thing with Veronica, and yeah. there's a lot to unpick there. She's a she's got a lot huge. going on. Huge, yeah. How um, did you tackle it? So well, yeah. I mean, I didn't even have the script prior to getting to rehearsals because it'd been so fast. So uh, the day we started rehearsals, the day I got the script. Um, thankfully, like I said, I knew the film really well. So like, I think a lot of my Veronica comes from Winona because I I'm so used to what she does. Um, but yeah, I. The, the rehearsal process was crazy. So for the first week, we had Gary, Gary Lloyd, who is the choreographer. He's the associate director. And we had Parky, um, Chris Parkinson, who was in the Haymarket cast, who was assisting yeah. Gary with the put-in. And so we basically worked with them for the first week. Um, and obviously we had Phil, our amazing um, MD, going through vocals with us and everything. But that was our first week, which is really unusual for Heathers because Andy Fickman runs rehearsals for Heathers. That is like it. But he was basically still shooting a film out in LA and couldn't get back for the first week. And because it happened so fast, it was just the only way it could work. So he came for the second week of rehearsals and we had Andy for the second week. So we had Gary for one week, Andy for one week. And then once that week was done, we went into essentially tech week. So... Kevin Murphy flew out as well, which was amazing. So we had the director and the writer out with us. Um, so I think in that aspect, I basically just utilized them as much as possible, asked them so many questions um, and just tried to absorb everything. I think I'm very lucky in the sense that my brain um, works under pressure very well. So like Gary would come up to me and be like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm fine it's okay like I, I just have to learn it there's 140 pages in the script and I speak on 138 of them and I just need to learn all the lines that's it like that it's just it needs to be done that's it um we got to like our first run through towards the end of the second week and that was the moment for me I was like I can do this like I I was like I know this I can do this I'm not there yet and I think I was going that's what previews are for it's fine like you'll learn the flow of it once we're in it. But as long as I had everything banked in terms of what I needed to say and saying and do, then it was fine. And so that that was it basically. But it, it was like, we, we got to our last tech session and I was just crying. I was just so exhausted. <laughs> I was so exhausted. Um, it's always the way with with these kind of projects. I mean, they're so big to do them in such a short space of time is such a big ask, but we did it and um, it's great. So do you, Veronica is a crazy character and does crazy things. Mm. So as like, as an actor, <laughs> do you, is she like a caricature part of you? Are you, or are you able to kind of sympathize with her and not judge her for, some of the bad things that she does how how do you feel towards her what is yeah. like your approach to I her? um so I basically think Veronica is this vehicle for the audience to it's this window of of opportunity for them to see what it is to be human so it allows them to see like you can make mistakes you like you will make mistakes and you'll regret them and some of them you won't be able to like redeem yourself from like that's it some of them you will some of them you can go and and try to appeal to the person that you hurt and and tell them that you're sorry and and 
you know, you'll be led astray and all of this stuff. I I relate to her on a crazy level. There is so much of her um, that I feel in me. Obviously not like the killing people part. Um, but there's, there's, you know, I am very easily led as a person. I am. I'm, I, I'm a little sponge and I absorb everyone's emotion. I think she does that. Um, I, at school was very like her. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted people to like me. Um, and I, I wasn't like that. Do you know what I mean? And that's what she's like. She very much is like this, this person in her own right, but she doesn't know how to own that before JD comes along. And, um, there's just the journey she goes through. I, I find it quite cathartic, um, experience as an actor sometimes there's sometimes you know I'll be on stage and be like wow I needed to do that today I needed to get that out um but I just I absolutely adore her like there I can't even now that I'm playing her I can't imagine another part where I feel as satisfied as um a musical theatre performer like she does everything like she ticks every box for me like she goes on such an amazing journey her lines are so iconic like the book the book of this musical blows my mind Kevin Murphy is an actual genius like you don't get that a lot with with musicals especially these kind of musicals these like poppy um mm. popular culture musicals the book's amazing I love what she says um, I love the messages that she sends. I love what she sings. It's so iconic. The score is unreal. It challenges me so much. And I just, yeah, I just love her, basically. Mm. Well, that's almost the secret to its success, right? Because so many people see themselves in, in Veronica and I guess in other other characters as well. And whilst it is over the top and characterised, there is this truth within there there is I would you can you can relate in different ways right uh-huh. and I mean you must be feeling that response every night and of course okay. on social media the Heather's worlds and universe is crazy and people care so much about the show of course there's always kind of a few mad people and that always happens but ultimately you're getting a lot of love so much and love. that must be so special yeah really 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 special and it's something that I didn't actually know that I needed either like I think I'm I'm one of these people that I'm in situations where I don't know people I feel very like like I don't really know what to say or like whatever but having just this outpouring of love from strangers is like actually unbelievably nice um and like things like you know I get messages from some of our fans and they have met their best friends through coming to the show and it just like it makes me so emotional because one it means that they have watched the show and taken in what we've said like so they have you know they're they're here and they are welcoming with um meeting new people like there's this group honestly there's this massive massive group of um fans that is continually growing because as soon as a new fan like it comes on their radar they're like come into our group and I just love it I'm like this is it this is what we're trying to say you know like good will endure that's that's it no matter what happens good will prevail and mm. I, I love that yeah it's special right I mean I'm sure that first show that you did Oops. must have been wild 
yeah, it was crazy. And I was an emotional mess. Like, I, I won't lie to you. Like, emotional mess. I didn't know what to do. Um, We, like, I finished I Say No and everyone stood up and it, it was crazy. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, And Kevin basically, Kevin was like, that, that's never happened before. Even when we added the song in, no one's ever done that. So that was like unreal I couldn't believe that and then at the end like I was just like on my knees just like oh my god (laughs) um it was a really 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 special day really special day shall we discuss vocals okay (laughs) (laughs) because this is one hell of a sing you are belting and belting and belting and then doing some more belting and then there's this new song which is more belting as well like it's the roles have been harder and ever bigger so obviously you said you, you haven't been performing since the start of the pandemic and you've been doing other things so you haven't you have been singing every day I guess so a like you're getting your voice back into like gear and then b like taking on one of the most challenging things you've ever done in your career yeah how how did you get your voice into shape and how did you get how did you kind of get your voice around these songs and get it into you so i i am quite lucky basically i'm one of these people that like my voice if i tell my voice to do something it will do it right um and i think it's because like when i started training um my singing teacher who is still my singing teacher now um basically said to me I'm, I'm lucky because of the way that I speak I speak in a singer a singer's mix anyway that's where I naturally speak so when I come I'm talking, through <laughs> so when I'm talking I'm essentially warming up my voice right um and so I'm, I'm I'm always speaking in a healthy way and so it paves the way for me to then sing in a healthy way um but in terms of like going into the job I was really really scared because like you say you know I like I had always been able to rely on my voice like it it, absolutely fine but we'd had two years off and I was like I don't know if she's I don't know if the gift shop is okay like I don't know if she can do eight shows a week because I've not been doing that um I especially don't know if she can do eight shows a week singing Veronica um but basically I just I'm very strict with myself um in terms of vocal health I I've not had any alcohol apart from on Christmas Day uh, since I got the job. Um, I don't drink coffee anymore. Um, but otherwise, I am just very, I, I'm just very strict. So I, I have a nebulizer, which I use in the daytime. And I steam with my Dr. Nelson's at nighttime. I, this is something that I think not many um, performers do, but I, I don't know why I find it really useful. But I always have hot drinks. Uh, backstage instead of cold drinks I find them better for my voice so I always have cups of tea at the side of the stage <laughs> um and I use things like singer straws and uh, vocal tubes to warm up um but really it's just a maintenance thing for me I I'm just lucky in terms of I understand my instrument and I understand how it could work and I I'm one of these people that like because we all had COVID quite recently um mm. I can if if I know that there's a tickle in my voice, I can kind of navigate it to be somewhere else so that I'm not going to make myself cough, basically. So I can work f- underneath phlegm and bring it up whilst I'm singing, essentially. Um, weird. But um, yeah, so I 
I just basically think that I got to this point in rehearsals where I was like, okay, no, I can trust what I'm doing and it's going to be fine. And now that it's in my muscle muscle memory, I'm just very lucky that it comes out. Mm. Is there a bit in the show where you just breathe a sigh of relief after? Is there like, is there a particular bit where that's like the hot? What's like what's like the hardest bit? Compare it. Compare your numbers. Um. So uh, it's difficult because there's there's quite a few sighs of relief. <laughs> <What am I? laughs> quite a few. Um, I would say definitely Dead Girl Walking. Um, the end a flat. Um, I do like I do an option up. Um, quite often. So I'll I I screlter up there and then I option up and then come back down. Um, so that for me is always a sigh of relief. Um, once I've done that and it, it comes out clean because I love that when it's clean. I don't I don't really like to have the rasp. Um, and then I say no is a big sigh of relief at the end. It, it's more of like because that one I don't find overly like. Um. It is a huge vocally taxing song, but it's because of the emotional weight that the song holds as well. It's in in terms of Dead Girl Walking is very like um, light in in terms mm. of like what she's saying. It's uh, it's funny, but um, I say no is very emotionally charged, and so the weight of that, like once it's done that is a huge sigh of relief but interestingly also fight for me for some reason I find fight for me very very exposing because I essentially am like narrating something that has nothing to do with what I'm saying um and the end of it is in this kind of like not break in my voice but it's it's in a a part of my voice that is almost like a a bit vulnerable and so I always I'm like okay that's done (laughs) once <laughs> i mean it's insane because you'll there's nothing wrong with having people having shows off but you've like hardly you've I like missed like know. one show i've only had one na yeah i've not been off sick we, apart from covid we, obviously but that is i mean that is insane i mean it's like you're you do you must have like cords of steel <laughs> i'm very lucky i'm very lucky um yeah no i i it's something that i like not that I, I feel like I need to prove anything, but like I am obviously very unknown um at the moment and I like I'm playing this part and I, I I I can sing this. Like I can sing this eight shows a week and so I want to do that as much as I possibly can. So I'm not gonna go off unless I can't sing it. Um and so yeah, that's I I have been incredibly Incredible lucky that I haven't had to take any time. Yeah. How are you feeling about being in your final month and this whirlwind kind of coming to an end? Like, it, uh, it, it's, uh, don't think about it too well, much, but I don't what, to. what, what is it? What, what's, what's, what's it like? Weird, like really weird. I, I, yeah, I haven't really like been able to digest it. Like I said, like my feet are only just touching the ground now, but I'm, I'm like so grateful to have been given this opportunity like I say this quite a lot in terms of like booking a job I think it has so much to do with like timing and nothing to do with talent almost because like I you know I it's not like I magically just became right for Veronica like I have I have been the same me since I graduated but the timing of this just worked 
and that's why it happened for me and so I'm just going to take that with me and hope that having been lucky enough to be in this vehicle it really pro- like propels me forward um into into the next opens up doors yeah 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 tell me about you kind of touched on your upbringing a little bit at the start who was who was kind of Elsa when you were younger when did she become stagey when did she get into musicals what what was your what was your like childhood like what happened what happened what happened so I grew up listening to musicals and dancing around um both of my parents were in like Amdram Amdram is a massive thing up in Aberdeen it's why lots of us go to train um but like it's a huge thing there's so many Amdram societies in Aberdeen and so my parents like loved that and I would just like prance about the living room dancing to Joseph um and yeah so I grew up with it um I remember vividly the first time I went to the theatre I went to see Blood Brothers um and I was a sobbing mess and the lady next to me was really worried about my welfare but my mom was like it's fine she just feels a lot of feelings um and yeah so I yeah I, I always adored it and I obviously grew up watching my mom and dad in shows um and, and then did you start doing the amdram and the school yeah, plays so, but, but, i don't know what roles well, on right. your childhood so cv basically though so this was the thing my parents didn't want me to do it too early so i was like i was a dancer when i was young so right. i did dancing basically like four times a week from the age of like three until ten um and then i was like okay no so i don't want to do that anymore i want to do musicals now and they were like, okay right so i played what did I play now? Um, so I was in, in the chorus in Blitz. I was in the ensemble okay. in Blitz. That's my first one. Then we did, um, I want to say we did like Fame or something. And I was in the ensemble again in that. And then I was in, oh my gosh, what? Oh, it was called A Tale of Two Cities. And I played um, Madame Defarge in that. And I got to sing this amazing belty song called Out of Sight, Out of Mind. And it was stunning and I loved it um I played Kathy Selden in Singing in the Rain this is classy stuff it was cute um and uh, then basically I did um YMTUK I think it's called Youth Music Theatre UK so I yeah I did that two consecutive summers in a row and that's where I met Craig Adams um and basically he so he was developing this musical that he'd written with um this writer called Claire Prentin and it was all it was like so I was a teenager around like the Twilight Saga so it was like kind of that vibes and um they basically developed this role in it for me um and then I did it the next year as well I did like the sequel and the sequel was like my ver like my my characters um wow the show and so I, I, i'm so obsessed with craig adams this i love him so much babe he wrote me a song for that show um and it was amazing and he basically was like okay so you need to go and train and he told me what to do so i applied for drama school in my final year at school in scotland that's your sixth year um but I I didn't really I was very aimless I was just like I don't know what to do um and I got onto the wait list 
for the conservatoire in Scotland um but was very much like I don't really think I know this yet so took that year out um did a bit more research and just kind of that year I hit all the big drama schools and I decided to go to GSA um and trained there for three years and then in my third year I ended up doing Lyft like Craig Adams show and I was playing the French teacher and it was like this weird like full circle moment it was mad I was about to say I hope your song lost in translations but wow you literally yes I did oh my gosh so you said you kind of mentioned earlier that there was a lot of uh not pressure but almost like hype when you're at drama school and your teacher's telling you you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that yeah like so what was that what was that time like how are you dealing how are you dealing with that who was who was Elsa then at drama school yeah so it was it was like a bit it was really weird I basically first year was all of my singing lessons were like alphabet basically they were like okay we're gonna put you in the green box that's who you're gonna be off you go um and I at the end of my first year I had to perform Defying Gravity for the whole school which was horrendous (laughs) so scary horrendous um but yeah um it was like I don't know it's hard to look back I think for for someone as I'm such an introverted extrovert so like to have that kind of um hype kind of thrust upon me I didn't really know what to do with it and I I don't think I was expecting it either because it's one of those things that when you go to a school like that absolutely everyone is supremely talented so like I wasn't expecting to feel like uh a chosen one type thing I don't get me wrong I wasn't the only one that was chosen there were there were there were a few of us but you know when you're in a year group of people it's difficult because it shouldn't be that way you know everyone should be um kind of treated the same but it wasn't it wasn't like that um but yeah I so I all I was always very grateful and I always felt very lucky and very supported when I was at school that I feel very grateful for because I know not a lot of people had the same experience um as I did but as I said I think on surfacing out of drama school that is when it becomes really difficult because when you're at drama school you don't put two and two together of like so pre this musical theatre or acting or whatever is the one thing I love most in the world. And then you get this oversaturation of it for three years where you do it from like 8am in the morning to like 11pm at night and you live, eat, sleep, breathe it. It's everything. Mm. And then you graduate and it's gone because the only time you can do it is if you book a job. That's the only time. And it was just like a ghost time. Like it really was. And I was so lucky I signed with Bobby Chat um, from graduating in drama school and so I was with this amazing agent so much FYI Bobby Chat I didn't realize you were by Bobby is one of my best friends oh my god I love her I love her so much I'm obviously not rep by her anymore because she's not an agent anymore but yeah she yeah I adore her so much and (laughs) yeah it it was it was such an amazing time you know things just weren't going the way that I was told they were going to go and mentally that was really really hard and uh, it was yeah I, I struggled a lot in the first couple of years um 
Yeah. What was like one of the first things that came along for you? Because you did, you've dipped in and out and you have done. Yeah, so what was... this job I had, I, I did get something straight out of drama school, I won't lie to you. I went straight into our house at the union and I played Sarah. So that was great. But Which I also think, which I think I saw. It's you. Yeah. Was that with like Joe Giacconi and. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That was good fun. Um, so, yeah, I loved that. But that was for us. Me and Bob spoke about it and we were like, you know, this is a great move because you're a grad, so you can afford to be doing these kind of jobs. But, you know, this will be like a springboard into something. But it didn't springboard into anything. Um, and I did, I think I did one workshop at. Uh, Theatre Royal Stratford East after that and then I had like I think an entire year of nothing <clears throat> and then I went on tour with Greece which was great um and that was that was was that like a long yeah you, that was, was UK like international yeah it was like 14 months it was great it was so good and I had so much fun I'm still really good friends with pretty much everyone in the cast um, and you're playing Miss Lynch covering Rizzo and Jan <laughs> I loved it so much I loved my track um it challenged me so much as well because um I was Miss Lynch but I was also ensemble five so I had to like do all the dancing numbers um which I wasn't expecting and I remember on like second day of rehearsals Arlene Phillips being like Ilsa could you just try this lift and I was like oh yes Arlene no worries yeah yeah for sure oh god um when Arlene asks you to do a lift you do the lift (laughs) um so yeah that was that was great um but then again I after that I was unemployed for um just over a year um again and then I did elegies back at the union and that was unbelievably amazing what an experience um like just beautiful beautiful again met some of my bestest friends ever doing that job straight from that I did a job at the fringe which was like unreal like one of the most um life-affirming experiences ever I basically was like devising this play with this other woman it was on her life um and she basically lives with cystic fibrosis and so it was we were both playing her I was an extra set of lungs for her on stage and wow. we won a fringe first for it and and everything it was it was this was this was lip sync right lip sync yeah. yeah um and it was it was just beautiful like one of the most gorgeous jobs I've ever done ever and that yeah again she's uh, one of my closest friends now um and then the pandemic happened but now where you're at playing this leading role and doors are opening is there a part of you obviously I'm sure everyone wishes they did jump out of drama school and was painting green or having amazing back-to-back jobs but is there a part of you that is almost not grateful but you're happy that you've had those experiences and happy that your path has worked out this way because you wouldn't be who you were right now playing this role in this exact way if if it wasn't for those opportunities and the way it worked out totally that I think I, I think I could have done without the mental torture, but here's the thing. It's made me who I am, for sure, like you said. Also, I think having the pandemic happen in a really weird way, I know it's been horrendous for so many of us. I have taken so much positive from it too. Um, I needed t- to stop because I am 
I work myself into the ground to please other people. I am really, really bad for it. And I think I'd got to this point where I was burnt out long before the pandemic happened, but I just couldn't stop. I couldn't say, look, I need, I need to take a couple months and I, I need to not be seen because I'm getting to the same point. I'm exhausted. All I'm doing is doubting myself all the time. And um, so I needed that for a stop. I really, really did. But I, what I managed to gain from it was this kind of like... <clears throat> clarity in like basically touching on what you said at the start about like what we equate success with and I managed to kind of unpack that a bit and go like it doesn't matter what I do if I feel successful then I'm successful it doesn't matter in what arena it is it doesn't matter if I'm playing the lead in a West End show or if I'm cleaning someone's toilet like if I feel successful then that's fine if I feel happy and fulfilled and like that I have enough then that's great and because I had that feeling when I went into this job I am a different person like than I have ever been on an acting job I have I I never ever went into work and doubted what I was bringing I used to literally always just be filled with like, is this what they want? Is this what they want? And I think a lot of that is to do with the team in that they implicitly trusted me. Like from the get go, they were like, you're perfect. You're doing everything we want you to do. Keep doing what you're doing. But there was a massive part of me was just like, I trust myself, which I just hadn't ever done before. And so yes, in a roundabout way, I am so, so glad that it didn't happen straight out of drama school because I think I would have turned into a person that I don't actually want to be. Um, and, yeah. I can feel through my computer screen the passion, the excitement, and just the good vibes. Yeah. And, like, for me, I think that's what it's about. And that's also what a lot of people want to see when they're looking at self-tapes or auditioning or just who they want to work with and you know it's that's you can't put a value on that you know totally totally and that's that that, you know that's something that I I was always passionate about it before but there was definitely this uh, like air of desperation about me because I I was very much just like I just want to work I just want to work and that's not the case anymore like of course I want to work but I want to, to to do jobs that mean something to me you know, if I just want a job, then I'll, I'll go and get a job. But it, mm. you know, it, it, it's one of those things that you have to actually go like, I, no, why am I doing this? Reevaluate it. Like, I'm doing this because I want to be an artist. And I want to create change. And I want to be passionate about the projects that I, I work on. And so, yeah, um, that's... Uh, Elsa, thank you so much listen you're gonna need to get after you finish and have this you're gonna need to get craig adams on the phone you're like craig we need to do a solo show well we need to do a show together like like little cabarets adels whip out that song he wrote for you bit of loss of translations bell arts and divine gravity some rizzo some kathy (laughs) selden like i that's what that's what i want after this okay (laughs) i will see you there Um, but no, honestly, thank you. I'm genuinely so inspired, so excited, and um, I'm sending you nothing but but love and good luck with the rest of your run. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. You 
you can see Elsa in Heathers at the other Palace Theatre. And good news, since recording this, the show has extended its run through to Sunday the 13th of March. So you have even more time to get yourself down to the other palace. Thank you so much to Elsa for taking time out of her day to record this episode of In The Frame. It is so fantastic to be back. And like I said, I cannot wait to share all the incredible guests and incredible interviews that we have coming your way. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button and you can even leave us a little Apple podcast rating and review. We love hearing from you, so follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch-up. And I'll be back next week with West End legend Maz Murray, who is currently starring as Donna in the West End production of Mamma Mia. But until then, thank you for listening. (laughs) 